Welcome everybody to this episode of Yieldcast. Today we're going to be talking about censorship. You're good, just, you just redid it again? What? Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> what? it's fine. Look, it's a good intro. <laughs> I thought you were just adding on, but you just redid it. So let's talk about okay, what's happened in the past month. So <laughs> It's okay. Um, so we had the, uh, uh, the Capitol was stormed. Yeah, you didn't find it. You didn't I know mean, about that. No, I'm just it's it's well, it's in, and it's an yeah, intro it to what we're talking about, but yeah, it's it's um it's the next nine eleven. It's what's um gonna get the Patriot Act to out. Um, actually, already the uh, Congress is trying to get this bill out, or at least one person just authored it on the nineteenth before Biden was sworn in, mm-hmm. where it would be. A sort of Patriot Act kind of bill, or it's against domestic terrorism, and um, it's like basically trying to illegally spy on Americans more. So basically, of the threat of domestic terrorism. The as same they say. thing, but the terrorism is in the inside the United States, not outside. It's like saying like it's like saying like the new war on terror terror is yeah. the war on domestic terror, which is what they've been saying for a while now since then. Because of white supremacists and uh, yeah, which take it as is. If you look at like, I'm not defending these guys at all. By the mm-hmm. way, these are stupid people. And they should be arrested for what they did. But like, they didn't. They had no idea what they were doing. Yeah, and they're like, mon- they they they're got minority in. Too. Yeah, they got in, and then they were just like, I don't know. You said guy with Nancy Pelosi's death desk. He wasn't gonna like be like, yeah, this is my desk now. He's like, yo, check it out. Yeah. And then he's going to leave and go do whatever else he wants. If you see the like, videos, the they weren't going yeah. with, with much thought. They weren't going inside with much thought. They were, they were just like, okay, let's go, let's go in, let's go in. People were, like, telling other people to go in and, like, directing crowds, masses of crowds, mm-hmm. like, inside. People were just doing what everyone around them was doing. And, like, yeah, there was three or, like, usually in big, massive, like, massive protests like that, there's, like, or riots, um, there's, like, a couple of people who were direct directing the crowd and telling them what to do, and that's exactly what happened. And the rest of the people are just following the crowd, and they're not really thinking about what they're doing. And they do have an agenda that they brought in before to the protest, but I think it's just um, people expressing their emotional, what they're what they're feeling, what they've been feeling in the past few months, expressing it in a really bad way. It's kind of like an outburst after building up so much pressure. That's kind of how. I or how feel. about the fact that you can't. How, yeah. The fact that they're like, they were trying to like overturn everything. It's like, yeah, but how would they be able to do that without overturn? Like, like how the, how like they be able to do that by getting? Yeah, the, like okay, so you storm the Capitol. First of all, people were already there when Trump was speaking. Trump was saying, "Let's go to the Capitol to cheer on these politicians." Mm-hmm. When you break into the Capitol, you put the session in recess. So, yeah. which is what happened, um, and. What do you get when you storm a government building? You don't get what you want. You get arrested. You get arrested. <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what do you? How small do they think the government is? Like, you can just storm in with like it's three thousand like, people. They, they can't just. The last do that. time, the, the last time the Capitol was stormed was in eighteen twelve, the War of eighteen twelve, and you know why it was like so easy to storm the capital and almost take over government. It's because government was like a lot smaller. It wasn't as militarized. Mm-hmm. And also we're in the information age, okay? So yeah. it's not like 
like in terms of the information age, it means it took like a day for news to get out, basically. It, back or, in like, mean, 1812. Oh, in, in 1812, yeah. It took like mm-hmm. an hour, less than, less than an hour for us to know what's happening in the capital. Mm-hmm. And then also it's crazy how many different angles we get of what happened uh, nowadays. Imagine if that was the case on 9-11, that would have been crazy. It would have been horrible. Well, it would it would have yeah. been horrible, yeah, of course, but it would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and so now we have a uh, all five of this, cops. I'm sorry, all of this mm-hmm. this could be a good uh, transition. All of this culminated on, um, well, I guess, yeah, the Capitol riot, but it was it started being used as an excuse to censor people online, uh, starting mm-hmm. with the president, right? Because no, no, uh, okay, am I getting ahead? You <laughs> went to ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'm. I want to comment on that situation. Okay. For the people who cheered on this, um, on this the fact that the president of the United States, the leader of the free world, was censored by these unelected CEOs or employees, mm-hmm. just shows you how broken we are today in terms of our look at freedom of speech. And tech oligarchs, if you cheer that on, it's the same. You're gonna get the same argument with free speech. You want free speech for everyone. The ACLU was defending neo Nazis who were marching because yeah. they also deserved free speech. Because that's a good precedent to set. Because then you get your free speech. It's like sealed. But because once you break that precedent, that. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the fact that people were cheering it on and stuff and. It's complicated thing. though because they are a, a private company, so they yeah, can't do point, that. They're too big, and and uh, Trump can always do a press conference if he needs his uh, voice heard. So mm-hmm. I think the sensory problem and like it opened a I don't know what the expression is in English, but like the bag of shit, like banning Trump and banning people, it just opened this rabbit hole that you know what I'm saying. Like maybe Trump specifically, yeah, he can always speak some other way, but. This, like, president of banning people we don't agree with and banning people that we just don't like, first mm-hmm. of all, is childish and will we'll end up, if you give tech the power to do that, or if you give even the government the power to do that, in three or in, in however many years, in a short amount of time, those powers will be used against you. Um, mm-hmm. That will happen. So, I don't know. Thing. It seems nonsensical to start all of this. And the problem... The reason why this is such a big problem right now, I'm going to um, play both sides here because I'm a little pissed. Uh, Republicans had controlled the Senate for like eight years, mm-hmm. yeah, like eight to six years, and uh, didn't do anything. They what did not heck? do anything on, they, 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 they put on testimonies for Jack Dorsey, Mark Zuckerberg, yeah. and that Google CEO. They had did subpoenas nothing. too, right? Yeah, but they didn't do anything with it. Yeah, that's the problem. Is that they didn't sure. actually say? Yeah, it's all for show. It's like when Ted Cruz says, "Who the hell elected you to like tell us what we can't see?" Which, by the way, that um, that New York Post story with Twitter and Facebook and them censoring that story to run interference for the Biden campaign. Mm-hmm. First of all, that's not a surprise. Like media always runs interference for the establishment, but social media blocking news. Is already yeah. a problem, and that they were was saying like insane when that was happening. I like couldn't believe that they were blocking a story from the New York Post. Exactly. That was a two hundred yeah. year old newspaper, 
no, you cannot get this. This is misinformation. And then they brought out evidence. And then Jack Dorsey was like, oh, we saw there. We actually saw that there was um, evidence to back it up. So there's mm-hmm. no evidence of hacking. It's like, yeah, there was no evidence of hacking to begin with. Yeah. And the problem is that these people, like Ted Cruz, like Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, they try to act like they're going to do something. They're saying, this is happening. And then they put on a show. And then nothing happens. Yeah, nothing happens. Because they are afraid of doing things. If they they do should be things, doing something about tech, but I think it's because the Republicans always just don't do anything. They don't, you know? Because they're afraid of not getting elected. Because the problem is that the Democratic Party, obviously with more turnout, is bigger than the Republican Party. So they're afraid of losing their seats and losing their majority, which they already yeah. did. So they just the want fact the power. They lost their re- yeah, but the fact they already lost the majority, they were losing their majority from the midterms to not, um, in the midterms. Though. Yeah, I mean, it's a possibility, <laughs> but... Yeah, it's hard. It'll just be, but you know how that happens, because Democrats usually do stuff that people don't like, or people think that a whole supermajority government is not that good, so they yeah. switch it around. Yeah. But the fact that they didn't do anything on Section 230, and Trump was like... Trump, dude, Trump and Tulsi Gabbard... In her final months in Congress, she was like, hey, I, I'll work with Trump on a te- Section 230 thing. Like, yeah. that, that sounds like a great idea. And then these people in the Senate were, said nothing. They didn't say anything on Section 230. They didn't want to get at the actual problem? Because that's the problem, right? Section 230. Do you want to explain Section is, 230? Or, uh, well, Section 230, if you repealed it, the problem with repealing it is, I'm going to jump to that right now because it explains a good amount of what it is. It removes that protection for media companies to get sued because of what you said. So if I say something really derogatory on Twitter, then Twitter could get sued by somebody. Mm-hmm. And Section 230 is that protection. But the problem is that um, if you remove that, then, then they will probably be more inclined to remove you because of the fact that they're getting sued and they don't want to deal with it. So like, all right, removed. So it doesn't remove their... It doesn't remove the fact that they can delete you. It so the you would want to edit sued. Section 230? Reform, yeah. That, Reform. And some people, some uh, Republican colleagues, they were like, yeah, let's, uh, let's reform, reform it. Because mm-hmm. they were saying that it's a bad idea to repeal it. A lot of people were saying it was a bad idea to repeal it. But How a lot would you of them change were not it? saying reform. How would you reform it? Um, basically, or, uh, keep that protection to where... You, the problem is that these protections are really vague. So in section oh, 230, yeah. I, I think I remember the phrasing from section 230. It's like it's super vague. Any, anything otherwise vulgar or anything otherwise, it's like it, it encompasses everything. That mm-hmm. they, uh, yeah. So it's what a, you could do, in my opinion, what you could do is you could make the protection of suing in terms of like derogatory terms or whatever. And mm-hmm. then you, but in terms of the, um, instead of having like a Twitter jury, these like biased people being like hmm what, what do you think oh yeah because that, that's how it works that's how they delete stuff mm-hmm. um it's not just one employee uh that's where you can go to a court or you can go to a smaller court and um and testify but the problem is that you can also not distinct distinguish that but you know how this could be better this is not just me who's making this um who's making this like like reform like legislator no that's their job and they didn't do that yeah and they haven't done it, and they're probably not going to do it, and then this is going to be too late, and we can't even establish an antitrust, which is what we actually needed to do, too, 
because these p- companies are getting way too big. It's going to be too late when they do it. It's like. already too late. With the Hunter Biden stuff, it was already too late. Yeah. That was a good chance to act more on it because a lot of people, more people were... Um, that was the best think, chance. That was insane what happened mm-hmm. with that. And, so, and, uh, and the thing yeah. is, is that people would have probably said like, you know, hey, this, this makes sense. They're doing stuff. Yeah. You know? And they would have gotten support, but they did not. Because they're too afraid of making moves that understand. are out of the blue. The problem... I, this is bringing, bringing it back to the free speech thing. Free speech used to be one of those core ideas that everyone believed in, you know? Like, there was mm-hmm. no question of whether you would protect free speech or not. That was just a given. Everyone agrees on free speech. But it seems like we're starting to, to disagree on that simple fact. Um, yep. So that seems like a worse kind of problem. Uh, I feel like and... that's what Ben Shapiro says all the time. It feels like a cultural problem. Uh, yeah, the culture before war. Before a, poli- a politics problem. Which is company, the Daily Wire, they're doing um, a decent job at starting the, like, you know, the yeah. defense of the culture war. Pretty in interesting. Terms, in terms of the right. You know, they made a movie and... Um, yeah, which got really bad reviews. I don't know who to trust. I don't know if it's actually bad or if it's what uh, Ben Shapiro is saying, which is that the how critics I always... It, think how I look that. at it is the fact that they are a conservative company that distributed a movie that other distributors did not want to distribute i feel like that's more of a win when you look at yeah, that i agree the quality of it i agree obviously like if i were to watch it i might not like it I, but yeah, yeah but still I mean, if it, just mm-hmm. as a concept i agree that was in even if the movie wasn't good it's still really good that they did that but it's People still like i it. would it's a plus if the movie was good like if they said it, if they were doing saying a fuck you to everyone else and it was good that would be cool mm-hmm and it goes back into um, with uh, freedom of speech. It's weird because I feel like the left thinks really short term and they mm. don't actually think of long term. So take, for example, back when Harry, I think it's Harry Reid or whatever, the original, I think, Senate majority leader removed, uh, he was a Democrat, in their uh, super majority in the Senate, they removed the fact that when you confirm people into the Senate, it can only be a majority vote, and it's not a two-thirds vote, which okay. came right back at them when Amy Coney Barrett was being confirmed because they established that rule, and then it was so easy for Republicans to get her in because it was a majority rule. Yeah. So that's one problem. Another problem, obviously, freedom of speech, um, where they only think of short-term, like, oh, he's hurting their feelings or whatever. Um, yeah. And then you look at, right now, they're trying to end the filibuster. They're trying to take down the Senate filibuster. But Joe Manchin and another Senate Democrat literally said, I'm not going to vote on that. Yeah. And someone brought up a point. They said, it's funny how Democrats are saying, like, we need to end the filibuster because then it makes it harder for legislation to pass. But whenever pro-abortion legislation would come up in the Senate, if they had a supermajority in the House and Senate, the Republicans, Democrats wouldn't be able to do anything about it. Wait, That's re- the good removing thing about the, filibuster. the filibuster would allow them, it would make it easier to pass legislation. Exactly. It. Okay. Exactly. It makes it anybody, it makes everything easier to pass legislation. And the one thing about the House and the Senate is if you got rid of that, there's no difference. And you need that filibuster. As much as that filibuster might be flawed for whenever someone filibusters um, more of your legislation, 
just now, Mitch McConnell last night, I think, took down his filibuster uh, after, and he said he will work with uh, now Majority Leader Schumer. So, so he's like he won't agree to removing it, but he'll work with them. Is what he's saying? He's basically well, he's not filibustering anymore. He was filibustering their legislative agenda. Oh, but um, but then he stopped because he's like, well, they're not going to end it now. I guess is what he said because he said two Democrats just publicly came out and said they won't support it, which is what they needed. Okay, okay. Um, but this one, this my point here is that they think short term almost all the time now, which is a really bad thing. I feel like all politicians do that too. Maybe so. Maybe mm-hmm. you're right in like uh, like politics in general with people, but politicians, I feel like all of them have to think in such short term uh, portions to get reelected. That and it's the same thing, like with so sad, like the Patriot Act. Called the Patriot Act, and yeah. it's about uh, the war on terror. If you don't vote on it, they'd be like, "Whoa, how, why did you do this?" And yeah. um, so bad that they put those names on it. It's like, let's create a huge fucking bill and just put a beautiful name on it, and everything's all right. Patriot Act, boom. Mm-hmm. Patriot Act. All Imagine right. everything's all right. Anti-terrorism. Patriot Act. We're all patriots here. And that goes on. Like, what do you? So, do you think this? Uh, I think it's called SB three fifty or whatever. Oh, SR. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no HR, I, I was thinking um, of a different thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you think this could ever get passed? I I don't know. I mean, it depends on the Democrats, basically, right? At this point, uh, yeah, and the filibuster. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. It depends. It depends. Plus, don't they already have a lot of power from the they Patriot do. Act? Like, what other powers would they want to get? Um, it would basically mean, well, first of all, you know, the whole thing with these people is that they don't, they, they like the power no matter what yeah. they want more and more. So they want, at this point, Democrats would love to be a one party state, which is why they're okay with the censorship. Um, yeah, I agree. And if I'm not going to blame just Democrats, I mean, that's what Republicans would do too. I don't trust a supermajority Democrat or Republican, which is yeah. why they keep flipping to the other side whenever one is president. I think I said this before, but. I would like at any time that there's an election, I would like it when there's no majority. When like some party has the Senate, some party has uh, this, some party has that, different branches, and then nobody can get anything done. Boom. Yeah, can you imagine <laughs> we Republic, Republicans had the supermajority House and Senate for two years? Yeah. The first two years, 2016 to 2018, they had the House and the Senate supermajority. Yeah. Can you name did anything they, that did happened? Did they do a lot of things? No, they didn't really. Right? No. <laughs> it didn't. Not and the problem with, and people, I, I always see like, I don't know. And it's, and this all goes back to like, you know, section 230. They had four years to do that, especially in the house. Um, mm-hmm. And that was, already, that was already a big problem. Um, when you had uh, WikiLeaks back in 2016, um, you could have provided a little bit more uh, protection and stuff. Instead, we went after WikiLeaks as always. Um. You know, but well, this seems to be one of the big issues that's going to come up in the next few years. Uh, yeah. action censorship, <laughs> and in general, we already had a big thing that was sort yeah, of downplayed the... by a lot of people. Oh, uh, Amazon it? Web Services took down Parler, which is oh. a conservative, uh, free speech kind of social media, majority conservative. It's an echo chamber for mm-hmm. conservatives, and obviously, echo chambers are wrong. But that doesn't mean that you can 
just take them down because you don't like it or you want to eliminate the competition you have. Plus, I would argue that a lot of Twitter is a big echo chamber too. Not, not everything, but a lot of people who are on Twitter are in an echo chamber. With the continuous purging of the account of accounts, they've they've been doing this a lot, and they're saying like, "Oh, we're just removing inactive accounts." But mm -hmm. if you, but a lot of people who are conservative on Twitter, they're saying, "Hey, wait a second, my account was just removed. Like, I have had I lost three thousand followers today, yeah. and no other people who are leading on the left have that." Yeah. Um. Honestly, they're progressive too. They just have an ideology, and they're pushing the ideology. They're not following the rules that they they have set. In theory, for everyone, Twitter's and just they, enforcing their own feelings, and that's what's and actually if, happening. And they can change their rules to fit their ideology. Yeah. I mean, that and that was a point brought up when um, Joe Rogan had Jack Dorsey and his uh, his lawyer, or whatever, and uh, Tim Pool. Yeah. The fact that that was a um, good episode. That was a great episode. But with Parler, what really surprised me is that. Amazon Web Services actually took that action to yeah. take down Parler, which I don't understand why people looked at it. You have, you have people like like Brian Stelter of CNN saying, like, like, oh, how dangerous could this be and everything? And they don't think about the fact that, hang on a second, if Amazon were to remove Parler from running their servers, do you think that would actually take out the competition between Twitter and Facebook? And it did. Because who's go and now, and now they're uh, going to Gab, mm -hmm. and Gab's app was removed too. I'm pretty sure it didn't have one in the first place, and it's just you know. And with Parler thing, it was a downward slope. It was like first they called on Google Play to remove it, and the App Store removed it, and then Amazon removed it. Yeah. And now they're struggling. Now they're finding a, and now they're forced to go on a Russian server because of the fact that. They cannot find other people, other other uh, server hosts. Didn't the Russians, or maybe it was their DDoS protection in Russia, also like kick them off after a while? Mm -hmm. They were like, yeah. "Fuck you!" But you know what's funny about this is that because we had the two years of RussiaGate, this whole xenophobic uh, investigation and this whole look at how Russians are the most evil things ever, um, they accused Parler of being Russian assets by course, going on a Russian not? server. Fuck it. Let's, exactly. I agree. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't agree, <laughs> but it seems like a cheap insult they would use against them. They did it for four years, and um, they still do, do it on that. Reddit. If you if you go in our slash politics, anything about Trump, they still bring it up every now and yeah. then. Yeah. Well, it's because first of all, oh my god, the whole <laughs> if you if you rushigate everything, you have like no merit, and that's what they that's what they did for the past yeah. at least two years until the report came out. And also, it was inter It was kind of fucked up. Maybe I I understand why, or I don't know how to phrase. I get it, but it was weird when every single social media in existence banned Trump in the same day, or like in mm -hmm. in the span of forty eight hours, everyone banned Trump. Like that's everyone. Um, kind of scary because it means there's no alternative, and then the only alternative for Trump they delete and they remove, and they want to censor too. It's like even, they're removing every single possibility, every single place for uh, conservatives, basically. Particularly to the fact that now they have, um, that Trump is not president anymore. Now, before when he was Let's banned, <laughs> I'm kind of glad. Before, before when he was banned, 
-hmm. he said it was like you can use the presidential alert system or you can uh, get on tv you can do all this stuff he could still he could still communicate with the american people it's like Mm -hmm. okay fair enough now he's not president and there's no way for him to speak no way for him to speak online except for the fact that you know one thing that he did do recently he established the office of the former president in florida that is he established that basically it's this kind of make-believe office. You know how they had like the office of president-elect that like Trump did, Biden did. <laughs> uh-huh. It's it's not a real office. It's it's just for show, saying like, yeah, okay. I'm president-elect, and we're just gonna do our work here. That's what he did with this. He said, I'm gonna establish the office of the former president because obviously I think he's gonna run again if he doesn't get convicted, which is likely, and it's gonna turn into, hey, uh, this is what he's up to. Uh, and I don't want Trump says. to run away or to run again. <laughs> I don't want that, more more of this bullshit. <laughs> I just want you think. See, like the one thing that appeals people to Trump is the fact that he's not establishment military yeah. industrial complex. He is that, but he, but he, like you know, he fucks up their plans, and yeah. or he did, and he would have to fix his him. rhetoric a lot for me to vote for him. He would have well, to yeah, change a lot. Well, when he ran on the drain the swamp and everything, that was like almost a perfect campaign, except for the fact that the media was interfering and saying like, "Hey, what is this?" And the October surprise too, no. uh, that happened around there, which he dodged, which is insane. Nothing sticks um, to him. Nothing sticks to Donald Trump at all. It doesn't really matter the bad things that he's done. <laughs> people bringing up the uh, Capitol protests, and then they're saying like, "No one's gonna vote for him after this." Like, no, a lot of people are still gonna vote. Yeah. For him. This Definitely. is your. It's like when you're saying that nobody's going to vote for Hillary Clinton after Benghazi. Like that's not true at all. This they did, yeah. and yeah. um. I mean, we can talk about uh, we can talk about the Patriot Party. Do you think that could be a thing? Um, I don't know. Is how much support do you think they would get? Because like, a poll. there's a poll. Yeah, what was a poll? <laughs> Because, like, um, how, much, how much of the Republican vote is a Trump vote and not a Republican vote? You know what I'm saying? How many people are Republicans and they just voted for Trump because Trump was in the Republican vote, but they don't want to vote for Trump? So they, uh, I found a poll. Let me see if I can um, find it. Um, they said that the poll... Okay, I can't find it, but here's what the poll said. It said that the Patriot Party would split up the Republican Party mm-hmm. and it would be it was twenty three percent Republican, twenty six percent Patriot, um twenty something percent I think twenty or ten percent other, and then forty three percent Democrat. In inside so, Republican? Wait wait, forty percent Democrat inside the Republican Party? No, forty percent Democrat as in like they, they took people and they said, Who are you likely to vote for? If okay. Trump started a Patriot Party, and twenty six percent said Patriot Party, twenty three percent said Republican, forty three percent said Democrat, the rest said other. Hmm. I just it's hard for me to compare because I don't know who is going who's going to be be running for the other options. I don't know who's going to be the Democrat. I don't know who's going to be the Republican. If I have um. They were running, you know. There's a predicted market, the the betting market. If you want to see how i guess some people might be right i mean um 
people think that Nikki Haley will run, will run and mm. she might. For the Democrats? For the or Republicans. For, for the Nikki GOP Haley. nomination. Um, I don't think Trump's going to run for the GOP nomination. I think he's going to primary people. Um, if he's he doesn't get convicted. Yeah, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna go into really pro-Trump states, and he's gonna run for like the Senate or something. For the Patriot Party. Yeah, I mean, well, okay, that's one thing that the Patriot Party can do pretty well mm-hmm. is that it can run for congressional seats, and they could win. Yeah. And um, also, it would be honestly, I wouldn't be mad about having another party in the system. I'd be kind of glad about that. A lot of people say like, "Hey, this is I know long term." short term this sucks you know like i said everyone thinks short term everyone's saying don't do this because then what does it start it sucks short term because you're removing votes from the republicans is that why it sucks yeah but then long term it's good because you have a more healthy political climate yeah and you don't have to deal with the two-party system and more of these establishment elites and everything we need more than than two we need more than three like Mm -hmm. i don't know well i thought though that's the most important part of this was the fact that right now progressives are, are starting a, a new movement for the People's Party. So mm. there used to be the People's Party, and now there's a new movement that's the Progressive Party, basically, that they were trying to get Bernie to endorse and run as after he lost the primary. Did but, he endorse him? <laughs> no, he didn't. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> but the thing is, is that, that that could inspire them to... Yeah. I mean, that could be a big push, too. I mean, I would I like to see that. If there was a progressive party, that'd be kind of cool. Get all of the radicals out of the Democrats and have a more moderate Democratic party. Or even then, like, progressives are done, are hate voting for Democrats. They yeah. hate doing it. They, they keep continuously saying, saying, like, you know, the one thing that brought them back over to the Democratic Party this time around was because Trump was in office. Yeah. That is the only thing. It was the anti-Trump vote. And anything else, they weren't saying that we're going to push Joe Biden. People who are saying that we're going to push Joe Biden to the left, we're just running interference and saying, hey, come on, vote for Joe Biden. It'll be fine. Because to people who didn't, weren't comfortable with it. It was persuasion. Because yeah. they're not going to be able to push him to the left. He has donors and everything. There's no way you're going to be able yeah. to do that. He's got Wall Street in his, in his uh, wallet. He can't mm-hmm. just do whatever. Wall Street, Raytheon, all these other companies. Um, but... Um, also, I want to go back to, uh, um, I don't think the Patriot Party is going to happen. I think Trump talks about a lot of stuff that he doesn't actually happen behind the scenes. He probably has uh, a bunch about of different ideas that are just in his brain. He's got a TV idea, a TV yeah. network idea. Really? And, yeah, it, Trump TV, which honestly, I would say go for it because... It what would, would be, even be, be playing on Trump TV? <laughs> it would be playing pro-Trump stuff. Be playing. It would be saying, "What is the president up for today?" He'd be going on interviews and stuff, and it would do well because Talk if you about looked at how, oh, if you looked at how Trump supporters jumped off of Fox and went to Newsmax and won America News, it's a huge drop off. So mm-hmm. you can already tell, like, oh wait, wait a second, this could actually do well. Damn. Yeah. How many viewers did they lose? They lost, I think, about half. They Fox News were, lost half their viewers. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they, they came back, but wow. after the election, when they were saying, like, absol- when they were saying absolutely no fraud, and mm-hmm. uh, Trump supporters didn't like that, they dro- dropped off, and it's like 50%, I think. Uh, crazy drop That makes off. me cringe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going back to um, censorship, 
Mm -hmm. I have this article from the Washington Post, which uh, they love a lot. It says, you know, let me, let me reload it because you don't open it. Facebook's Sandberg deflected blame for Capitol Riot, but new evidence shows how platform played a role. Oh, yeah. I was going to say this. It's like, yeah, I'm sure people were organizing in parlor, but m much many, or I can't speak, a lot more people were organizing in Twitter on, and Facebook to go mm -hmm. to the, this uh, riot. I mean, I bet Twitter and Facebook are uh, much more at fault than Parler for any unrest that occurs. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that they removed a whole social media site over this, mm -hmm. and then they decided to keep one and say, you do you, and we're not going to press you. I mean, have you seen that people Twitter? like the one that uh, that Twitter and Facebook? Because Twitter was allowing people like Antifa to... Uh, organize to mm -hmm. plan the organizations um everything like that but you don't have people like aoc or these blue checks who continuously say hey wait on a second we should do the same thing we should hold them to the same standard no it's a double standard this is they're not going to call for the removal of facebook or twitter that's are you crazy yeah you know <laughs> what it's always what always sounds really crazy what? Uh, well, well, always. I mean, I've just heard a couple of times recently, but people who want a truth and reconciliation, I can't speak. Reconciliation. Reconciliation. Yeah, the truth and reconciliation uh, committees. Committees. Oh my God. That sounds so Orwellian <laughs> and so scary. It's like, who, who says what's truthful or not? Is the government's going to start saying what's truth or not? Okay. That's their plan. That's their plan. Uh, is that they, they want, first of all, they wanted to act like, and this is what a lot of people were pushing against. But well, they want to act like corruption started on January 2017. Yeah, like, definitely Corruption not. has been here for decades. Arguably, Trump, almost Trump just put a years. spotlight on all the bullshit that the president was already doing. Mm -hmm. uh, or people in the, the position of president. Former exactly. President. That, that clip where he uh, goes up to um, where he's uh, the reporter asking questions and he's about to get on the plane. He's like, we have this huge weapons deal with Saudi Arabia. We're going to give them a lot of weapons. We're going to make a lot of money off of it. It's You're not supposed to say that. <laughs> or like the fact that he like went on Fox News. Is like, and he said that he left, he left troops in Syria. Well, you know what? I, I, did, I left troops in Syria to take the oil. I took to the take oil. I'm <laughs> protecting the oil. And it's like he continuously says it because it's a big... <laughs> they didn't, they, he didn't get the memo that... Or, uh, that was a private memo, not the public one. No, he's done this enough times where I believe that he was, like, in on it, but he wanted to, like, <laughs> screw up their plans, because mm. he, I think there was a part of him he's playing stupid. 6D chess. 6D Everyone else chess. playing checkers, though. <laughs> Everyone's playing 1D checkers while Trump is playing 4D check chess. Yeah. God. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> That's what all the QAnon people believe, that... Oh Trump's God. just a mastermind that there's just a plan all behind. Well, that's also what the Trump supporters thought in general about. Do you uh, want to talk about QAnon? No, I don't know. I could bring up QAnon, but I just all I've seen is the Vice documentary, the first episode, and it's pretty interesting. But I don't know what to think. Seems to be like politics adjacent. It's like mm -hmm. obviously it's politics, but all of the conspiracy theories that they're talking about and all the substance of it. Is so far removed from reality that it's just politics adjacent, honestly. Because yeah. on, I do believe that the elites. It's like, what do I know, too? Like, that's the problem with all conspiracies. They might be right. 
but obviously, mm -hmm. but it's still a stretch to say that all the elites are trading, uh, trading the trading commodity they use is babies and they drink like baby blood and they they talk about this one drug. I wish I wish I could remember the name. This one drug that supposedly it's made with it's supposedly made from the blood of babies who are in pain. So what? when yeah, because when they when they release adrenaline, it creates this other drug. I don't know. I'm not explaining it very well, but uh, it's all very fucked up and dark. Um, and that's what they believe essentially. I think that's the tip of the QAnon iceberg is the whole uh, child traffic uh, stuff. Yeah, the whole consensus is the fact that um, is the fact that these elites are pedophiles and they're. And um, the reason why they, they they put Trump as their savior is because they think that he's actually taking down the elites and stopping all the pedophiles, which is why when it was brought up in this press conference back in March, he's like, well, what's, what's so bad about that? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, um, and if, if they're, I don't know, if, if they're happy with it, what they're doing and they're not violent, which from the Vice documentary, they seemed like they're crazy, but not violent. So mm -hmm. if they're not violent, then uh, I don't know. Let them be. It's my, that's one thing. my opinion. That, that's the one thing with uh, media like MSNBC or anything is that they say they 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 continuously bring it up as if it is a violent thing. And mm -hmm. I mean, it was it did turn some people who were in this did turn to violence, which mm -hmm. obviously you condemn no matter what. Even the Q people, if you look at the post before the inauguration, and the media was like attacks before the inauguration which is like crazy it was all like, fake that it was all fake there, there was no there was going to be no attack in fact trump supporters and q people were saying don't do this do yeah, not do go. this like it so you're you're obviously not going to get that crowd but the thing is that the media loves playing that and they don't like the fact that it's not the fact that you're wrong with q that they're mm -hmm. really bugged about it it's the fact that you're you're not close to like their ideology anymore and they want that because if they don't have that, then they lose more people and they lose just a lot more credibility, which has been who, happening. Who's for that? Years. Wait, who's that? The media. Oh, yeah. So, like, so like when MSNBC, like Rachel Maddow's, like, you're queuing on a believing cousin or whatever, it's always like, like, why are you going against people's ideologies? Oh, yeah, that's right. Because you want to practically take their brain, which is like, nothing and then just like with a jelly donut just go you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's still i mean i do understand though because it's still scary to see one thing or one movement or one like i guess ideology you would, you would call you know just take over people and take over their lives that's what yeah. i was i think i was saying this yesterday when i was talking to uh you and uh, other people about it but um it's like a game like you start discovering new things and you get this new clue and then you figure this new thing out and then you feel like you have found some like fundamental truth and like discovering truth and discovering hidden things feels really good to people like it gets addictive it's like a game basically like and that's what that's what QAnon is tapping into with all the conspiracy theories with the help of YouTube rabbit holes and obviously the internet other websites 4chan 8chan all that yeah. stuff when you take for, when you take the um, the examples of like things in government that they try to hide, that is almost entirely clear to us. Like the military-industrial complex, 
when you first mm-hmm. read into that stuff, you get that feeling. You get like, oh my god, I should. Oh not yeah, for this. sure. Yeah, for sure. All these people who have committed war crimes and they continue to do it, who are there for the oil, and then some people seek out that truth a lot, that more than just that. Like, mm-hmm. there's got to be something more in here. These people are so corrupt, and yeah. obviously for me, I'm like, well, I'm not gonna seek it. Well, I will especially, seek it if I could. Especially mm-hmm. when it's dealing with, like, killing and trading babies. Like, uh, for obvious reasons, people get very emotional and very uh, into it. Very, yeah. very into discovering the truth of who's taking the baby. It goes from human life, which is, you know, the military-industrial complex, you know, using these soldiers. And then you get um, innocent babies who have barely lived and don't even know that they have a conscience. Yeah. Um, that is... That is how far it can go. That's the radical part. And um, the, the way that these people de-escalate, the, the way that people try to de-escalate these people is not even de-escalation. They, if you want to convince people out of an ideology, you've got to persuade them. And for yeah. some reason, everyone's forgotten that. So they just think that if you shame them enough, then it's going to be fine. But you actually push them more further to that side. Same with censorship. Censorship doesn't actually convince people. It just pushes them out and increases the pressure of uh, mm-hmm. their their own feeling about it. creates an echo chamber too yeah it's not they good it's not good yeah they don't they don't understand how like if you have like a uniparty kind of stance you you might get a few things wrong you know it's it's not one is always right and not <clears throat> one is always wrong and yeah. one thing's for sure is that both can be corrupt but that doesn't mean everyone there's corrupt mhm it's just a bunch you there's more People look to see things in a binary kind of way, and for some reason... It's not. It's way more complicated. All, yeah, exactly. Every time it's way more complicated. It's just a binary thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So what do you think is uh, going to happen in the future with censorship in the United States? Sorry, that was my pods. <laughs> That's good. I think stuff could be done, but it cannot just be one party. Um, so you, there is we need to party, work, actually work together, right? Yeah, I think that if, um, I feel like there are, there can be Democrats where they're going to be like, hey, wait a second, this is a big problem. Uh, Whenever it starts hurting them more, Mm -hmm. I bet they'll be like, oh yeah, this is an actual problem. Yeah. Well, one thing is that there is that uh, Joe Manchin guy who is a conservative Democrat, and he's like basically the person they look at, other than this one senator, for like, you know, are we going to be able to get this passed, this radical stuff? That's why you're not going to see nine SCOTUS justices, more than nine this year. It's because Joe Manchin and that other dude will not be voting for it. God, I um, hope they stay living forever. Not forever, actually. Oh, they cause... will. They'll be all right. <laughs> okay. It's like, Manchin's like the Mitt Romney of the Democratic Party. He's more to the other side than they actually think. And I, say, I say the living stuff because all the politicians I feel like are 80 years old now. So. He's like seventy. 70, I think okay, he'll be fine. It's like his last term, I think. He, I don't think he's seeking re-election, which is good timing. Respectable. Yeah, but the thing is, is that um, I feel like you can get newer voices, and you can get these people who aren't bought out, like mm-hmm. Ted Cruz. Like um, Ted Cruz is not bought out. No, he's definitely bought out. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. These people oh, okay. who are not bought out. Um, these people who don't, who actually care about doing something and want to mm-hmm. make a change. Um, people unlike McConnell, Graham, Cruz, all those people, 
you can name a lot of them. And the fact most that of them. most of them, yeah. But the fact is that this cannot just stay the same way. At some point, you're going to need to do something because it's going to get too big and it's become going to become too scary for everyone. So right now, as much as uh, the censorship, here, yeah, mm-hmm. as much as people on the left, some people on the left, I'm not, I'm not saying all people, because there are a lot of people who are like, this is wrong and everything. But a lot of people on the left, with, with their nearsightedness, though they can't see it right now, it's going to come right back at them at some point, and they're going to have yeah. no choice but to do something. We'll I just hope this here. doesn't, all of this doesn't make things escalate more and the heat turn up more and uh, more violence and it just gets worse and worse. I hope we can find a resolution to this because yep. uh, it's not very fun. I think everyone's very tired of all of this. I feel like there's uh, unity going to come in um, and it's going to be the unity that the elites will not like. I think the populist right and the progressive left will get together. Mm-hmm. I think that's... The I what? Mean, I, the what? Populist right? The populist Popular. right and the progressive left I think will mm-hmm. unite in how bad uh, these next four years will be. And then, in the same way how progressives and P- uh, Democrats united against Trump. Um, Damn. So they're going to unite against the Democrats, you think? I believe they'll unite against both because uh, Republicans. Established. Yeah, the establishment. I feel like that's like the only way. And the only ways Republicans can win is if they run someone anti establishment. Which, I don't know if that will Maybe happen. that is a good point of unity, being an anti-establishment, actually. That'd be pretty good. I feel like progressives are like that. Uh, yeah. They, they are. I mean, with, with Bernie's, on the day of the Capitol, I remember telling people, um, the reason why this is happening is because you have a leader like Trump who sold himself as anti-establishment, even though he became pro-establishment during his presidency. He did. still was looked at that way because he wasn't as establishment. So people still mm-hmm. didn't have those goggles on, and they said, "This guy will like you know reform the system. He'll do every even though he didn't." Um, yeah, and um, they worship him. It's the same appeal as Bernie Sanders, but on the other side, Bernie's not an establishment guy. I mean, he does run. He's a little bit of a sellout. More and more guys. lately, he's been, but overall, yeah, yeah, but I don't before, think he is. Before he's just this guy, this guy in government who wants to do good. That's the appeal. You, that's not what an establishment person is. The people who think that Joe Biden's just a guy in government who wants to do good are the people who have not even read Pack into his past with the crime yeah. bill and the many war crimes he's committed. You know, and, I always felt like. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Always felt like that. That if with Bernie, like, even if I might not agree with his policies or the majority of his policies, I feel like just because. He is or was or whatever it was anti-establishment. That is enough for me to like him. Like I'm just like okay, I'm all right. I'm okay with you being in here and in power because at least we have this goal in common, which is, uh, yeah, being anti-establishment. I was gonna say drain the swamp, but that's like Trump's turn. So. The the problem with draining the swamp is you can't do that in four years, and you cannot do that when you're by just becoming president and you have all these other checks like the mm-hmm. like Congress in your way and the intelligence community because they're not going to do anything to basically work with you because they're part of that that's one of the reasons Um, why trump couldn't drain the swamp and i mean no wonder you need more than just one person to drain the swamp yeah definitely
but I, I agree. I, I think the fact that if I was back in, if it was back in March and I saw what happened in the DNC, I would say, why the hell are you guys not running Bernie Sanders? Why are you guys, they obviously ran interference against him. They didn't want him. He was mm. actually in a poll before a debate in double digits. And yeah. they didn't bring up that, they didn't bring up that poll. Well, they brought up that poll and it was like, some voters think of you like this. And he's like, but who was leading that poll? Mm-hmm. And it was him, obviously. But you think like, like, man, he had so much momentum. Um, there's some, the Iowa app or whatever mm-hmm. that blocked him from like winning Iowa. Uh, when they stopped the votes at 62%. And then the app, judge- it was an app. So yeah, I want to bring this up because this is like, they, they obviously were their primaries and they, did, they went far with this one. Uh, there was an Iowa recorder app, and they developed this app so they can count the votes, apparently, which is already mm. really dumb. And then they stopped it at 62%. and said, there's a problem. There's a problem. The DNC has to come in. The DNC, this private organization, has to come in and count the votes. What? 62%. When That's Buttigieg, what they said? When Buttigieg is leading. When Buttigieg is leading, and then they're about to count the Bernie votes. Hang on a second. Something went wrong, apparently. Stop at 62%. We didn't know the results of Iowa for days. And then it came out. Buttigieg, Buttigieg declared victory so early. Not before, before they even counted the votes. And there's this weird video of Buttigieg walking across the press. And he's just smiling. He's staring into oblivion, getting into the car. And they're like, he's, how does it feel to win Iowa? How does it feel? No, no, he... <laughs> The face he made was like the face that someone would make when you realized that you were just cheated uh, to get something. And there's some pretty big allegations, Sam. Got any big well, proof? <laughs> um, Shadow, uh, the <laughs> developer of this app, is actually um, is uh, something that Buttigieg actually donated, funded a ton of, invested a Bruh. ton of money into it, um, and. Uh, the fact sixty-two percent, there is no problems. It's practically confirmed at this point, but the problem is it was a primary. It mm. was not. It it was not an election. It was a primary, and they're okay with that. And like I said, Republicans won't do anything. Always playing DNC. games in the primaries. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is like, if Bernie was running, and if Bernie was against Trump, obviously I think Trump he would have won so easily against Trump. No you think Bernie what. would have won against Trump? Of course. I think mm-hmm. so. He would have lost uh, a few states. Um, first of all, Bernardi lost the states with Latinos and Cubans who escaped from socialism. Yeah. Um, but the, it was the anti-Trump vote. But people actually wanted Bernie. A lot of people yeah. wanted Bernie. And um, the fact is, is that you would have lost that, uh, the anti-socialist vote but you also would have gained a lot of the people who are saying, I want this guy because he had such a huge base and the anti-establishment people, he would have gotten it. I think he would have. Um, and uh, the fact that they didn't run him was dumb because they don't like yeah. him. Um, well, our, I don't know what I was going to say. I was going to say like our copy of the simulation didn't go <laughs> down that path of uh, having Bernie as president. Could have happened though. Could have happened. Anything. There's always a simulation where <clears throat> Hillary won, then we got into a war, another war, and then 
um, or like Trump Russia didn't actually happen. Trump got to do anything he wanted. There's all these different like, hypotheticals, but yeah. I mean, we just stick. Bernie to for, for president will never happen now. I think. No, he's definitely not. He dude, the dude was in poor health anyways. He had a heart attack, I think, in the middle no. of the campaign. There's yeah. no way he's gonna run again. Sadly, I don't know. Ben Shapiro, do 2024. <laughs> Didn't he say Actually, that? Is that when he said it? When he said he said he that would. he would probably consider 2024. I think because but he, but he with all the, the company thing, like all the big changes in the company. I, feel like I can see him running, hard. and I can see him getting it. <laughs> That's the funny you thing. You think you think he'd win? He, dude, he'd be so good at debating, but they'd probably, they would probably, like, that's the thing. cock block him. But that's the thing. If you were good, Trump was not leading anywhere until the debates. And then yeah. as the debates went on, he was leading, dude, and he won. The first debate for 2020, he did kind of bad, and then, right? And then the second no, he, one. Yeah. Then he did and the, the second, second one, one was so much better. Mm-hmm. The problem yeah. is he thought, if he can just... Like, just keep talking over Biden and make him lose his train of thought, then he no. would make Biden like basically like confused and everything. But that's, that's not good. that wasn't the case at all. He made Biden look good, even though Biden was confused a lot. Yeah, definitely it made him look annoying. He yeah, it was, well, look annoying. it was an exhausting debate. Everyone was like saying like this is this was horrible. Like, yeah, you know, and then he got it better. He learned his lesson. He built the cage, Joe. <laughs> Build the cages. I remember the. I love those memes. Build the cages, Joe. It's true. Yeah, it's really true. <clears throat> okay, well, it's almost uh, an hour. Uh, we can keep talking, or we can. Up here. I think we can. We can stop it right here. I think we. There's a lot of topics good. that I'd like to. Mm-hmm. Um, jump into when we uh, continue on, because. Yeah, what are we talking about next episode? Is that. <laughs> Uh, we're not talking about that yet. We'll talk about that behind closed doors, but let's end it right now. Mm. Okay. You want to do the outro? Thank you very much for listening. Um, This is very fun. We're going to try to do this more consistently because Mm -hmm. obviously we're busy, but uh, we need to make a schedule behind it if we want to continue it. And at at least consistently. Get some good topics, some interesting topics, do some research. Yeah, do a lot of reading, everything. Um, Mm -hmm. Thank you. And we will see you guys next time. Bye, Ron. All right, bye-bye.